Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a fan of making lemonade? Qui-Gon's happy hour? Or just my work in general? Well, due to the current world crisis, health crisis we are at, we here at the Lemonade Podcast Network have hit a wall as far as our sponsors and regular revenue streams go. And we thought it's time to push our Patreon. If you go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the lemonade network and become a patron you will get access to not only a patron exclusive podcast feed with all our star wars after shows movie commentaries and the whole first season of my podcast baking oranges where i talk with my friend and yours steve about pop culture and the world around us but you will also get 15 percent off all products in my online store Um, year-round and access to a patron-only Discord community where you can talk about the latest episodes, pop culture, and much more with our Lemonade Network community. Now, for those of you out there who are also in financial hardship right now, this is not for you. I want you all to know that we we will still have free podcasting content year-round. Every single week, we're going to have new episodes of Making Lemonade and Qui-Gon's Happy Hour every other week as well, so don't fret. However, if you are not in financial hardship and you could spare some <laughs> some cash um, and would like to help out and are, are a fan of everything we do here at the Lemonade Network, please head over to patreon.com forward slash the Lemonade Network and become a Patreon a patron today. Stay weird. your speeders in park, pour yourself a blue mojito, kick your feet up because it's time for Qui-Gon's happy hour, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. We're back. I'm sorry it's taken so long to finally get here, but as of the date of recording, it is currently the 29th of October, and tomorrow is the premiere of season two of The Mandalorian on the 30th of October, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get through the final episode and let's get going. Without further ado, we're going to get into episode 8 of The Mandalorian Season 1, so we can go and watch Season 2 tomorrow. So, get get prepped, get ready, get ready to go with the Disney Plus. We're going to go 3, 2, 1, bam, let's go. There's our Disney Plus logo, let's bring this screen up. We're seeing Mando. The asset was of extreme importance. Of course he was, he always was. It always has been. My screen is very, is very buggered. I need to play. Please excuse the clicking sound. I need to play with the. Uh... There it is. That's what I need. Oh. There we go. My screen was a little bit all over the place. So my screen, for some reason, when television comes on. If you watch the other episodes and listen to the others, so you, you'll know what's going on. But here we go. Here we have... We're back with the Mando. We have Quill. We have 
Kara, this is the culmination of everything we know and love of The Mandalorian at this point, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to get my trivia up here, and we are going to do this track. Um, no, yeah, Mandalorian. Oh, here we go. Exactly what I wanted. Haha. -ha. Chapter 8, Redemption. Let's get into it. We're getting a recap. This is a this is a lengthy episode. It's 48. It's a pretty chunky episode, ladies and gentlemen. 48. 48 minutes. We're going to get the trivia up and have a chat about it really quickly. And then we're going to... Um, we're going to watch this episode. Here we go. Starting now. So, Cara Dune. Full name is Cara Cynthia Dune. Her home planet is Alderaan. The same planet that Princess Leia Organa called home. The same planet that the Death Star blew up in. Star Wars A New Hope. This background explains why Dune was so eager to help the Mandalorian the instant she found out Navarro was lousy with Imperials. She doesn't just have a rebel soldier's hatred of Imperials, she has an older Ronian rebel soldier's hatred of Imperials. Now, some of this trivia I gave away last week. Here we go. Here's these scout troopers. They have the baby. Wow, those are... Scout troopers are fast. Oh, it's a white bike. I never noticed that. That's cool. It's not the same color as the Dune bikes in... Um, Dune bikes, scout trooper bikes in Return of the Jedi. And here we go. Little babe. They haven't strapped him in very well. Like, what if he just fell out for, for something that's so valuable? That's a cool shot there where he kind of pulls his foot back. Um, why have they pulled up here? Ah, uh, this is this moment. Yes, we have um, two very significant um, comedians here. One's Jason Sudeikis. And the other is, I can't remember his name. Double check. What are we double checking on? All right. Um, the Mandalorian armorer, Emily Swallow, mentions an ancient band of wizards known as the Jedi. As she tells Din Djarin, um, the Mandalorians once waged war against the Jedi. This war, which occurred thousands of years ago, has been referenced a few times in the Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels. It's been said that it was the clash with the Force using Jedi that caused the Warriors of Mandalore to develop the armor and weapons that they continue to upgrade and use today. Kara says because of her Rebel history, the Empire might subject her to interrogation by a Mind Flayer. It's possible that it's a slang for something like Borgalit. The alien Borgullet was used to interrogate Bodhi Rook in Rogue One. This creature can reveal whether someone is telling the truth while risking the victim's sanity in the process. This is a great scene here. Um, this is the first time that the Stormtroopers' terrible shooting and they miss everything has actually been referenced and made a joke of in anything Star Wars. It's always been a joke outside of Star Wars, but not so much inside of Star Wars. Barely. I grabbed it off of the ground, chuck it in the bag. I think Sudeikis is the Jason Sudeikis is the one with Baby Yoda in the bag, in the backpack. This is a funny scene to kind of put in here. It's it's interesting that they're just sitting there chatting away. That we we spend so much time in a Star Wars thing that we spend so much. It's a very Tarantino esque thing to do to to spend so much time with these stormtroopers. We've spent almost five minutes with these two. Just sitting here, chatting away, kind of back and forth. Yeah, it's very uh, indie. It's Kevin Smith, Jason, um, Quentin Tarantino-esque. 
Um, here we go. Now we finally see the baby. Everything's fine. Shout out to Trooper Mum um, on TikTok, uh, Jen Markham, who who was inspired by this scene to do Trooper Mum. Oh, what's he going to do? He's still alive. He's just followed them from the ship. Mm, a nurse droid. I thought it was a hunter. RNG is usually hunters. <laughs> yes, they are usually hunters. The two stormtroopers comically failing at target practices is a joke aimed at the notoriously bad marksmanship display by stormtroopers throughout the original Star Wars trilogy. This originally started as a running joke among fans on the films, but was eventually acknowledged in universe in The Mandalorian Chapter 6, The Prisoner 2019. Oh, these two are definitely very, very, very dead. <laughs> IG just demolished these two human beings. Uh, yeah, I would be too. That was unpleasant. I gotta be honest, IG, that was very unpleasant. <laughs> um, uh, Din's conversion with the armorer, com conversation with the armorer suggests that she and the rest of the faction residing on Navarro hails from one of the more war-oriented sects of Mandalorians who are scattered across the galaxy. <laughs> In the wake of the Galactic Empire's great purge on their kind. My fiancé has just had a look. He's just come up to my window in my office and she's messing with me. Um, Moff Gideon is described as an ISB officer using uh, during the purge. The acronym stands for Imperial Security Bureau. This means he was one of the Emperor's agents who served as a mix of spy, torturer and officer. Who watched the Imperial ranks for signs of sedition. Another agent of the ISB was Alexander Klaus from the Rebels animated series. Sorry, Klaus? Was it Klaus? Kallus. Sorry, Alexander Kallus. Agent Kallus. Ah, so Gideon is part of the same ISB officer during the purge. The purge of Mandalore. Wow, that's a big gun. There's, there's an E-Web. I didn't know that's what it's called. An E-Web. It's over. An E-Web. It's one of those cannons that, da, 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 that they used in the first episode. Of the Mandalorian. <laughs> At the end, when the Mandalorian is leaving in his ship, as it's taking off, you can see the Rebel Alliance Exidia under the wings, put off by the thrusters. Oh, Rebel Alliance Exidia under the wings, put off by the thrusters. I didn't see that. I'm going to have to look for it. We're going to have to look for that. Oh, we're trying to get through another... This is a cool little moment here, where we're going to get through a... Um, Yep, that's a Princess Leia moment. Going through the vent. Like that. Wow. We can't shoot it down. Your astute panic suggested you understand your situation. I don't think you would prefer to avoid any further violence, Moff Kitty, and you're a violent human being. That's who you are. It's, it's very similar to his character, um, Los Polos Boy, in the... Slight, very sociopathic, quiet, scary. Like he's not loud and Darth Vader-y. Well, he's kind of like Darth Vader, I suppose. This is just like... Here we go. He, she knows. He knows all of these people. Decommissioned Mandalorian hunter Din Jar, And this is where we first reveal his name. Heard the songs of the Siege of Mandalore. When gunships outfitted with similar ordnance lead waste to fields of Mandalorian recruits in the night of a thousand tears. Ooh, wow. That's intense. That's his name. 
disgraced magistrate Grief Karga. This is where we're first learning. We we have learned a lot here from or from Gideon about these a lot more than we have throughout the rest of the season about these particular characters, about our friends here, the Mando and Din. Ah, uh, sorry, the Mando, Grief Karga, and Cara Dune. Reasonable negotiation. What assurance do you offer? I'm sorry for um, repeating the script here and the lines. This is some powerful stuff. And there's part of me that doesn't want to speak over this and just watch it and, and take it in and allow you to take it in. Um, but cooperation and benefit. See, I do want to just kind of sit back and watch this. Because this is just beautiful and I, I feel wrong speaking over it. Um, but we hear him out. What are we gonna what are we gonna hear him out about? Anyway, let's get back to some um, trivia here. This episode earns Giancarlo Esposito, the performer who plays Moff Gideon, a primetime Emmy nomination for outstanding guest actor in a drama series. Wow. The red markings were also seen on a flame trooper in the Middle Ages Middle Grade series Adventures in Wild Space, albeit without the heavy red face stripes pictured in the Mandalorian. There you go. I thought I'd seen those before. Um, the uh, at the uh, the armorer recounts the ancient war between the Mandalorians and the Jedi in the Mandalorian language Mandoa. A single Jedi is called Jeti, pronounced J J T J T. And the more than one Jedi are Jetisi, Jetise, Jetise, and Jt. Hmm. Isn't that interesting that in English or basic, we're speaking Star Wars terms, in basic, the Star Wars term for, the sorry, the basic term for Jedi is Jedi and Jedi, plural Jedi, single Jedi. But then in the Mandalora, it is Jeti, J. JT Sa and JT. JT Say and JT. I don't even know the Mandalorian had a language. Anyway, speaking of Mandalorians, we're here at this moment where we meet Din's parents and we're going to see what exactly happened. It looks like the Clone Wars. There's some droids around and they're potentially on a planet where the Mandalorians are helping out. Yep, that is definitely the Clone Wars because that is a droid, that is a super battle droid um, that are known from the prequels. This is one of the first references. Um, major references that the Disney era has made to the prequel series in anything live action. Isn't that interesting? There was a few references, obviously, in the sequels, but in this season, in this series, there have not been that many references to um, to the uh, to the prequels. What's going to happen to Din's parents here? This is how he becomes a foundling. He's speaking to the, his father, his parents. See, this is some powerful stuff. This is some parents saving their child um, because they know that the droid will come after them. Man, the look in his father's eyes. I get that as a dad. That's, oh. And they just got killed there. Heavy footfall, there you go. And that's the droid just destroyed them. Just killed his parents. And here's the super battle droid that we've been seeing for the entire season. Ready to shoot him in the face. 
But what? Metallic thud and pew pew pews. Oh, there's that rock and roll, that guitar playing the mando thing. Oh man, if I could wake up every morning to that or just enter, it's like a wrestling entrance music. <laughs> and here's this what looks like a Death Watch guy. He's definitely a Mandalorian of some sort, whether in Creed or, or, or Stance. But if it's the Clone Wars, he's probably Death Watch because he's blue. And there's a few other gentlemen in um, blue. And this is the first time we've ever seen a Death Watch in live action. Because they have the Death Watch symbol here. They all have the very similar, very familiar Boba Fett looking, uh, Jango Fett looking Mandalorian outfits. Um, it looks like they've all had the same mold done. Um, they all have the Mando's chest plate, uh, or his original chest plate at least, as compared to Boba Fett's chest plate, which are very similar in design, but there's some slight differences there. Um, my costume makers would know that, or the Mando suit makers would know that. But these, um, they all look like they've got the same mold, the same kind of costume on, and this guy's just saved his life, and this is how he's become a foundling. But he can't see his parents. I was a foundling. They raised me in the fighting corps. Yeah, they're doing a lot of speaking. Let's be honest here. They're doing a lot of chatting for people who need to run away from, <laughs> from this ISB officer. Moff Gideon was an ISB. That's how I know it's him. That's how he knows who we all are. He was... He, so he's still... But there's some more history here that I think we're going to learn about in Season 2 with the Mando. Um... And I'm really, I'm really glad that amongst this year, oh no, we Quill's, Quill's dead, guys. Um, there's a lot of history here that the um, that the Mando has with Moff Gideon, and I think, and I'm really glad that amongst the the chaos of this year, they got the Mando filmed at the beginning of this year um, and ready to go, and that they were in pre-production on it when everyone was in lockdown because. We're at least going to get season two of The Mandalorian. For all the movies we're going to miss this year and all the cinema and entertainment we're going to miss this year and all the all the things, the sports and the and the sports entertainment and, and all the things that were live, all the concerts we miss and, and, and live shows we miss this year and things that aren't, you know, are in stadiums with no people and sc with screens instead. At least we're getting some Star Wars, some new Star Wars. And I'm really excited to sit down and do some... Do some chatting about the new Star Wars as well. Do some Mando Minutes. Mando Minutes? I think we do Mando Mondays. So on Mondays, I'm going to sit down. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be Saturday for me in here in Australia that um, The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1 will come out. It'll be Saturday all the time. Did Grief Karga just take a shot of something? Some glowing blue drink of some sort. <laughs> Whatever it is, it must have be Liquid Courage. Yeah, so um, we'll be doing Mando Mondays, um, and that will be Sundays for you, those of you in the US, but um, I'm going to speak through all this action, because it's not, whoa, whoa, some of these stormtroopers are just getting jacked up by IG right now, um, the way he's just spinning around, and notice how he spins around to save the child, like, they're not missing that detail. And this is something you've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, in film and television making, is that there are so many details to keep up with that you don't even... that the subconscious doesn't even realize needs to be taken care of. Um, that the subconscious doesn't even realize needs to be looked out for. Um, and that's what great filmmaking and television is. 
whatever you say about whatever you may say about the Mandalorian, I know some people don't think the story is super duper fantastic. I personally think it's one of the best things that's ever been on television, and it's my favorite thing. My, personally, as much as I love the sequel trilogy, personally, it is my favorite thing. If I had to choose a number one favorite thing from um, the Disney era of Star Wars, it would definitely be um, the Mandalorian. Um, without a doubt, it's the Mandalorian for me. And um, I'm just so, so freaking excited for season two and to see where this story goes because the reason why I love this story is um, is the family element and it understands Star Wars more than anything else. Filoni understands Star Wars because he was under the tutelage of George Lucas. Did Moff Gideon just get hit by something or is he just like waddling for no good reason has he got a oh he maybe he's like darth vader maybe he's got a peg leg maybe he's got a star wars peg leg <laughs> a first leg i feel like gideon's gonna be one of these bad guys that's gonna be um in this season if you think about the big bad the big bad was really um was really um the bounty hunters and grief karga and oh oh oh, oh god that was one hell of an explosion thank Thank, thank the force for Beskar. Um, if you think about this season, the 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 big bad was the Imperials, the Imps, the Client, um, the Bounty Hunters, and so on. But I think now that we've met the big big bad, Moff Gideon, I think, I think to to suggest that perhaps the Emperor is involved is is fair. Um, but I I don't think it's really it really matters that he's involved or not because if it is the remnants of the empire if it is in fact um the end and what's left of the empire then yes it probably is the the emperor but i don't know that many people from the imperials and from the empire knew that the emperor was cloned and continued continued to still alive <laughs> Din really copped it here, but this is a good moment. You just got your bell rung. That's see, that's that's a really interesting reference there because getting your bell rung is a reference is not necessarily a Star Wars reference, but because Cara Dune is um, what's her name? Uh, the actress's name is um, is what's her name? Uh, you'll probably script Gina Carano. That's right, Gina Carano, because Gina Carano is an MMA fighter. Um, getting your bell rung in all sorts of fighting um, is a term used for um, getting a concussion. So when you get your bell rung, you hit your head hard enough. That's all. Ding, ding, ding. You got your bell rung. Uh, you shook your head up. You got a concussion. And that's what she's saying. That you just got your bell rung. And that's Anyway, I spent a lot of time on that term right there. But here's the Stormtrooper, the Flame Trooper. There's something about that. It looks like he's like... It looks like he's got his face cut. Like um, like someone's pulled the skin off his face, and that's why he's so he's so scary. Like he looks like one of those horror movie things where they've just peeled peeled down the top front of his face and just his mouth, the skin off his mouth. That's just <laughs> like one of those um dudes from Blade that are like you know Blade Two where they open their mouth. <laughs> anyway, if you've seen Blade Two, you'd know. Um, but we're talking about Star Wars, so. He's just burning this place down. Look at those stormtrooper bodies just burning. Could have saved it, but he just doesn't care. But here we go. This is a fantastic moment. Is that the force theme? 
Do you think it's the Force theme? No, that must be. That's the Baby Yoda theme. The child has his own theme, I just realized. And he's holding back the fire. He's using the Force to hold back the fire to save everyone's life. He truly is a Jedi. Well, not quite. But he is a Force-sensitive being. A very, very Force-sensitive being. And he explodes the little fire dude. I never realized he actually killed the fire dude. I've seen this a few times and... Every time I just notice some new elements. Oh, and he's... Oh, <laughs> and there he goes. He's fast asleep. And I don't blame him because that would have been one hell of an effort. Now, IG, pick up the child. And here I thought, here we all thought that the Mandalorian was going to die. But we all know that there is a Mandalorian Season 2. So, spoilers, if you haven't watched this yet, it's, uh, it's not done yet. It's not done. IG has a great idea here you have my word promise me you'll bring him I wonder if Cara Dune has intimate feelings for the Mandalorian I don't think she does though I think it's a it's a it's it's a grave um, bond they have they definitely have a bond it's definitely an intimate bond of some sort I don't know that it's fair to claim it as sexual or um, I think it's more um, more of a sibling bond, what do you call it? It's more platonic bond. Um, they're very close friends. They're very close. Um, but this is very clever. I need to remove your helmet if I'm to save you. And what's really cool about this is if we see another IG unit, he'll probably be... Um, he'll probably be Taika again. It is forbidden. But he is not human. My helmet. Since I swore the creed, no living thing has seen me. Now, this is the interesting thing here. When he when he pulls the mask off, um, Star Wars is notorious for not putting the guy who played the guy under the mask as the guy who's got the mask on. If that makes sense. Um, David Prowse didn't get a chance to be this central processing. Yes, it's called my brain. <laughs> um. David Prowse famously was a loudmouth and didn't get the opportunity and they sneakily um, recorded someone else under the Darth Vader mask in Return of the Jedi. Which is not fair to David Prowse. Um, but, you know, I don't know exactly what went on there. Mando made it, that's great. Um, we don't know exactly what went on there. We don't know why Lucas... But Lucas has famously done sneaky things like that. And it's good to see here that Pedro Pascal got an opportunity to have his face. At least, even though it was for minutes, seconds. Um, he still got an opportunity to have his face there as Din Djarin, the face of Din Djarin. Um... And it's cool because people who don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, like my dad said to me, oh, it's the guy from Narcos. And yes, he is from Narcos, Mexico. Um, and that's a cool little cool little bit there. Ah. So, where's the baby? She got him in the bag. She must do. Yeah, she does. She's got him in the pack. The Bacta infusion is working. See, that Bacta stuff, man. Must be incredible. I mean, I want to... If if anyone invents anything even more, even remotely close to Bacta, 
I want to invest in it because that will change the world. If anyone can be inspired by Bacta. Um, oh, wow, that's right. Here are all the helmets. They found them. The imps found them. This episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Composition for a Series. Original dramatic score. Isn't that great? Oh my god, that's just so harrowing. It's kind of like... It's kind of like seeing the Stormtrooper helmets, but it's just piles of Mandalorian helmets. They were found and killed. All of them. There's holes in them. There's blaster holes through the visors. We should. We really should go. Take the ship. I can't leave it this way. I have to do something about it. Is this the work of the bounty? No, it's the imps. It can't be. The hunters just melted away. Mercenaries, they're not zealots. <laughs> they they work for a paycheck. Their religion is a paycheck. Oh, that's a familiar voice. We revealed ourselves. What could happen if we left the covert? <laughs> what All these people died. And they just killed all of them. All of them were killed. I hope so. Ah. I ran away. Yeah, see, there's something we're going to be able to check in on, have a look at when it comes to the Mando season two. Isn't it interesting? She's just kind of chilling out. She's just melting down all the Beskar so that it can be reused. Because the Beskar in the Mandalorian creed, in their religion, essentially, is so sacred. It's it's handed down from generation to generation. It's re-smelted, melted down, and made into new armor. New pieces. <laughs> she hasn't met the child yet, and this is the this is the conversation we have about. The G G Tay. Is that what it was? G Tai? G Tay? G Tay Say? G J T, sorry. The J T. It looks helpless. It sure is. Not quite not quite helpless though. It's species. See he thinks it's species. See no, she knows of such things. She's she, isn't it interesting because of the timeline here. She's not quite old enough to have been part of the Clone Wars. But she's old enough to have seen Jedi. So she might have been a foundling or a child when Luke was. So she might be the same age as Luke, essentially. Or just a little bit older than Luke. Because um, it's five years after Jedi and Luke was about 30 by the time Return of the Jedi came along. You have no choice. You must reunite it with its own kind. But what is its own kind? You must, uh, you must figure it out. See, she's just saving away the Beskar in molds. She's just melting it down and molding it. She's just taking her time, and once she's done, she'll go off world. She'll defend the smelt. Yeah, an escape plan. If you follow the descending tunnel, it will lead you to ah the lava flats. 
So they're gonna go out to the ship. That's where the ship is. I'm gonna help her, and I need to heal. Oh, she's not letting him go anywhere. And this smelting here will find you are now a clan of two. Oh, you are as its father. Hmm. So he is his father. You are his child. He is your child. This is the way. He's a youngling. He's a. Hmm. And this is the powerful moment here. What is the signet, ladies and gentlemen? We all know what the signet is. It's the mud horn. Because the creed of Jaren, the creed of the mud horn, they are a clan of two. They destroyed the mud horn together. That's beautiful. It, and that really solidifies that um, lone wolf and cub sort of... Uh, relationship that's going on here between these two um but this this moment here this is this is some literal kick-ass moments um i'm very excited to see this again this is one of my favorite favorite moments in the whole show oh the the rising phoenix you mean legit pake <laughs> I like that all of his stuff is um chrome as well. Even his jetapake. <laughs> the rising of phoenix. The legetapake. Okay, this is really cool. Don't bother. Go downstream. Let him come for you. Watch what she does. Oh, it's just it's just IG killing some memes. Some stomatroopers. My place is here. What so she's gonna stay there the whole time? He's just going to reload on weapons and your munitions. And she's just going to stay there the whole time. Man, I need to I need to get myself a um get myself an Armorer Black Series figure. We're going to we're going to open some Black Series soon, ladies and gentlemen, in in um when I finally get the time to do so. I've been working on working on some some stuff. Um working on what what Make a move in silence. <laughs> As I say, make a move in silence, bro. Make a move in silence. Yeah, see, she's just sitting there so ominously. They're like, all right. Hey, what are you doing? I wonder if that's easier for her to attack. Just attack them at the knees. So why she's doing it. Oh, that helmet is just gorgeous stuff, man. Hey, Jen Markham, if you're listening, can you make an armor a suit after you make your Mando suit? <laughs> I'd love to see your armor or costume. I'm gonna I gotta buy myself that armor helmet. Oh my god. I forgot that she did that. She just threw a stormtrooper into like a fire pit. That's blue fire. Oh, and broke his face. Oh she's just cracking trooper helmets left, right, and center. Oh my god, that guy's chest. That's that's such a cool shot of her just standing there. Now what's she gonna do with all the stormtroopers? Just burn them? Just put them all in the smeltering thing? <laughs> Put him in the lava flats. That's what she's going to do. This lava is so hot, it has a black top to it. This fairy droid is cool, though. You got a better idea, yeah. So, this is an escape episode. For a finale episode, it's very strong in that it's not all action. Bang, 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 bang. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Pow, pow, pow. There's a lot of escape going on. And there's a lot of tension within... The whole 
um, episode and within the action. But the tension is built in these quiet moments when we when we learn about who Din Djarin is, when we learn about Grief Karga, when we learn about um, the Jedi um, and how Din Djarin... Oh, here he is. Where, how Din Djarin and, um, and the child are now a creed of one, a creed of two and... There's just these moments. Oh, that's that looks like R2-D2, but also IG-11. It's really interesting. It's like a protocol droid, um, but with IG-11 elements, these long legs and and arms. It's really... Who came up with that? It's really interesting. How is this pole not... What is this pole made of? Beskar? How is it not burning? That's what I want to know. He's just wading through the poles and through the lava and it's just it's not burning anything oh what are those like lava mice lava monkeys looks like a monkey it's like a little capuchin they've just used some capuchin molds and, and put some red eyes on them and made them black furred oh no that is not a good escape flank in the mouth of the tunnel but stormtroopers surely you could take on that many stormtroopers suppose he's not Luke Skywalker Sorry, it's not stopping the boat. Oh. That didn't do very much. The baby didn't like that. The, f the, boat, the boat's still floating. There's too many. Mm. And here is a very powerful moment. IG-11. Somehow they got a motion... Out of an IG unit that has no little to no emotion. It's not supposed to really show all that much emotion. And it's very powerful from that perspective. Um, and this, this is where it gets hectic. I, um, your base command. Yeah, so he's just said the base command supersedes your manufacturer's protocol. Grab a blaster and blaster and help us shoot a victory through combat is impossible. When we capture the child, we'll be lost. So, there's, there's no scenario, he's, he's run the numbers. There's no scenario where the child will survive, save and uh, IG-11 will survive. So this is just giving Din more reason to look out and look after the child. Um, and look after the baby. Now it's just going to be Din. Um, we all know that at the end of the episode, if you have seen this episode, the end of the episode, Din flies off on his own um, to go and find where the child belongs. Now it's... It's... Um, it's leaving this is this is an element here leaving the character without must be made this this lava mustn't be that hot or maybe the droids are just made of some real strong shiznit shits shiznit and slatskum and save myself there <laughs> uh, um yeah maybe maybe they're just made of real strong stuff I don't know, but this here is the ultimate sacrifice. 
and just harkens back to that first episode. As we said, Sachin's... Ah, he has a protocol that dictates he cannot be captured. I must be destroyed. That's why he has a self-destruct protocol. And there it goes. There's those big eyes on the child. I guess it's sad. But he saved them all. Thank you, IG-11, for your sacrifice. Star Wars isn't... Here's the thing about Star Wars. is Star Wars is all about that sacrifice. How often does someone sacrifice themselves in Star Wars? Very often. Marvel movies, not so much. I mean, there's there's Iron Man, but that was like the ultimate sacrifice right at the end. You look at Star Wars, there's like Luke Skywalker's sacrifice, there's Leia's sacrifice, there's Darth Vader's sacrifice for Luke, there's Padme's sacrifice for Anakin, there's Obi-Wan's sacrifice for Luke, there's um, Mace Windu's sacrifice, there's... There's a few more sacrifices. There's lots of sacrifices in the Clone Wars. Jango Fett's sacrifice for... <laughs> Do the magic hand thing. And he waved. Um, I'm out of ideas. I'm not. Give me the jetpack, eh? Give me the jetpack. Bang. Bang. Wouldn't that just be cool to have a jetpack that's just magnetically attached to your back? He's probably like Boba Fett. He's probably got some Beskar on his back. This music here. <laughs> What the snare's doing here is just so cool. Um, and we've got... It's like... It sounds like a gun. It's like... Oh, get it, son. Get it. You show him. Show him what's going on, man. Get it. That's it. This is cool because we've never really seen someone like... Except for like Rebels and that, jump on the top of... So see, that was just bulletproof glass. Like blaster-proof glass. Jump on the... No one's ever actually f- jumped on the top of a TIE fighter like this and attached to it and traveled behind it. This is some like Indiana Jones kind of stuff. Um, is it, I can't remember how he takes it down here. Uh, another one of his... Uh, La Bomes. That's it. Got it. Bang. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> no. He can't believe that he did it. And there we go. The, f- the rise and fall of Grand Moff. Of Moff Gideon. Oh. Oh. Get the jetpack going. Oh. The little um gauntlets must be powered. The gauntlet that's got like the fire and the stringy thing. Oh man. That was a pretty soft um landing considering the entrance was very aggressive. <laughs> But here we have it, that denouement, that see you later, the sunrise in the background, the beautiful shot, um, but we have it, that's it, you're staying here, Grief Cargus staying here, Navarro is a very fine planet, the scum and villainy have been washed away, it's very respectable, so what, they're going to build, they made that decision pretty quickly, both of them. But I suppose it's so he can come back to Navarro to to see Grief Karga in case he needs him. Um, Navarro is seems to be the core planet, the core home of of the Mando, um, where he belongs. It's where the Creed was. It's where the Guild was. It's where Grief Karga is, and now it's where Cara Dune is. Cara Cynthia Dune. Um. 
and we have the end. It's that. It's that final goodbye. Man, he's dirty, isn't he? Needs to get a, get get the polish out on that on that helmet. Give it a brush. Give it a give it a once over. <laughs> Got lots of dust on it. Take care of this little one. <laughs> and there we have it. It's that lone wolf and cub. You're gonna go and find. But what are we finding? What are we looking for? That's the question. That's the question we have now. We're left with what exactly? Who exactly is it we're looking for? Are we looking for Luke? Are we looking for the Jedi Order? Are we looking for Yoda? Are we looking for or is there something else? Is it Luke's Jedi Academy that has Ben Solo in it? Is it Princess Leia? Or is it something else? Are we going to come across a Jedi Temple? And there we have it. Goodbye, Quill. That's a beautiful little little thing there. It wasn't very long, but it's just Quill's goodbye. It's just a... We've seen that he was buried. And it's just a thank you. I really like that. And here we are, back in the Razor Crest. Back where we began. Back where all this started. Now, where's this rebel symbol? As he flies off, apparently there's a subtle rebel symbol. What do you got there? Oh, he's got his little... He's got a chain. He must have gotten that from... Ah, he gave that to him. That's right. Hmm, that was his when he was a kid. It must have been... I don't know, I'm I'm a little lost actually to be honest. I can't remember where exactly it started, but... It's very cute that he's got it. And I actually want to get one for... For my little baby out of here. Put it on his neck. Where's this rebel... As he flies off, apparently there's a rebel symbol underneath the wing. I can't really see it though. What did it say? Under the... Yeah, apparently there's a rebellion symbol. The armor, where is it? At the end of the Mandalorian is leaving in his ship. As it's taking off, you can see the Rebel Alliance exceeding under the wings, put off by the thrusters. Hmm. Uh, it must have been a very subtle little couple of frames there. And here we go. We got Jawas on Navarro, taken apart. The Titan ship. Whoa! What is that? Oh, that looks familiar. And that's it. Is that what I think it is? It sure is, ladies and gentlemen. That is a black saber. That is a dark saber. That is a Mandalorian saber. There it is. It's the first time we've ever seen the dark saber in live action, and it looks beautiful. And somehow, Moff Gideon has got his hands on it. Yes, he has, ladies and gentlemen. Moff Gideon has got his hands on the dark saber. What a beautiful shot of him standing on top of that TIE fighter with a dark saber in his hand. And that's it. Another question that will be answered in Season 2. Thank you, Taika, for that final episode. Taika Waititi directed that final episode, and it was legendary. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for going on this journey with me. That was the last episode of The Mandalorian. As always, we have the concept art here. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. I really appreciate you listening with me. Um, it's very kind of you all to do so. Um, I hope you enjoyed my commentary. Um, here on Qui-Gon's Happy Hour of The Mandalorian Season 1. And we'll be coming back for Mando Mondays every Monday to talk about um, The Mandalorian uh, Season 2. Alright guys, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Have a wonderful Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody. Have a wonderful weekend and I will see you on the other side. May the Force be with you. Always. Always.